Welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Ann Samoylov. Today, I'm so, so excited because last week, as you guys know, I pushed this dear lady who I'm talking to today to this week. And man, when I was editing her episode this week, I was like, I love me some Nikki Elledge Brown. Seriously. Oh my goodness. You are going to so love this episode because there's a little bit of behind the scenes, a little bit of how she got to where she got, what she launched, what she did, but also some really practical advice on how to how to sound like yourself, how to find your voice as people always in this online business space encourage you to do, and how to feel okay with how you're communicating and put your best foot forward, whether you're launching, blogging, doing all of that stuff related to having an online business. So let's dig in. We managed to do this all during her, her son's nap time. And we were just like, rah, rah. I think she even had time at the end to go do something like, oh, I don't know, have lunch or maybe even have a, get a quick little nap herself. So let's dive in and I will see you at the end. I am so excited, Nikki. We're finally getting to chat after a series of rather interesting delays. <laughs> Life happened. We'll just leave those for the cutting room floor. Um, <laughs> what's going to happen with those? Um, but I just want to thank you for joining me today because I feel like you and I have been, you've been, we've been like on like a course to chat with each other for a while since our mutual friend, Carrie, introed us via email. Yes. And that but I just feel like we me, knew each other beforehand. Yeah. Well, of. that just sparked and made me realize that whenever I first interacted with Carrie was whenever we were both in that story in This Girl Means Business magazine in December of 2013. OMG. Right. I just remembered that. So it's totally appropriate that Carrie's the one who officially was like, hey, you two do get something. It, get it together, please. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and of course, Carrie's awesome um, female entrepreneur association. We'll make sure to put her link in there. Love Carrie, love, love everything she's doing. And I definitely became more aware of you during that. And also through the B school community, I think, right? Is, mm-hmm. is that what yep. I'm thinking here? Yep. Um, I, I remember one really great Facebook post and then subsequent, I don't know if it happened at, at the same time, blog post he wrote, which we'll get into that. Maybe we'll do that, get into that first, which okay. was about your a course about copy. And yep. since that kind of shares what you do and who you, you know, what you've been doing and, and how you work with people, why don't you share with us a little bit about a course about copy and how that relates to like the start of your business, I guess, you know, just dig in and tell us who you are. Yeah, it's been an interesting evolution. So basically, my background is in communication studies. So literally the social science of how and why we communicate the way we do. I've got a bachelor's in it, a master's in it, almost 2000 hours of college level teaching experience in it. And at the beginning of 2013, I had chosen a word of the year. So we live out in Hawaii. My husband's in the Navy. Now we have two little ones. But at the time, our oldest was about 18 months old. And I knew my husband was going to be moving across the country to Connecticut for about seven months for training. And I didn't want to like totally lose my marbles. So I thought, all right, I'm going to choose to focus in and get rooted in what's not going to change because circumstances are about to get a little interesting and Mm -hmm. I want to be okay and grounded. Anyway, I started to notice what I call divine breadcrumbs that had been leading me to this path all along the way. So for example, 
in school, I used to love public speaking. That led me to check the box at college to say I wanted to study it. Then when I got my master's, they offered to pay me to stick around for it. I was a park ranger at Pearl Harbor, and they invited me to do the video that almost 2 million visitors see annually every year before they come, and I wasn't even really an employee yet. I was writing a blog and getting great feedback, and I was like, hmm, maybe I'm supposed to help people (laughs) with communication (laughs) and connecting and storytelling. This isn't something that comes naturally to everyone. So I felt like God was knocking me on the head like, all right, gave you this gift, time to share it in a bigger way. And that's when I started to explore turning it into a business. I didn't know at the time if it would be a book or a blog or a business. I had the mom piece too, or on my personal blog, Stories from a Screensaver, I was just sharing life stuff. And so when I started to explore, okay, if it's going to be a business, that means I need to be able to make money. So if I'm going to make money, I probably need to go helping people with the communication route. Who would pay me for help with communication? Entrepreneurs. And that's where the copy stuff came in because I asked people that I was potentially going to work with, my potential dream clients and customers. I literally gave them a list and a survey. Here are all the different things. You know, I could help you with public speaking, with video, with otherwise awkward face-to-face conversations, you know, wherever you need help with communication. And probably nine out of nine of them were like, copy, I need help with my writing because I am so this in person, but for some reason it doesn't translate to my writing. And it just literally took from there because I ended up working with over 160 different people in the first eight months of my business. And then it made the most logical sense to me once our schedule changed and my husband was traveling to pack that into a course, you know, to like distill the the best, most helpful stuff and put it into a course so that if something happened to me morbidly, if something happened to me, at least the, the benefit of the hundreds of hours that I had worked with, I could package that and still be helpful to people thereon. Right. Well, that's, that's awesome. So, so you decide, you made the decision to then get the course going. What happened? Like, how long did it take you to create the course? What did you do leading up to it? I mean, well, I would say don't try this at home to whoever's listening to us because it was a little crazy. I knew Well, at first I was thinking, okay, a course about communication, but then I knew that was too broad and I wanted to have a very clear objective like, yes, you've done the course again, coming from teaching and facilitating and creating college courses. I'm like, we need an objective here. What's the measurable result that people want and need when it comes to their copy? They need to write their websites in a way that attracts the right people and bonus if they can actually enjoy the process and not be totally freaked out along the way. So that was the goal of a course about copy when I finally refined it. I was like, I'm going to help people page by page by page write their sites. And so I had that decision made and it was actually around that time whenever we were in that article together in December when I was like, okay, I announced to everyone I'm going to launch my course in February of 2014 because I had set a goal for myself of making over $100,000 in revenue in my first year of business, even though my take-home salary at the time was like, you know, $20,000 or something. But I was like, you know, I can do this. And if I'm going to do it, it's not going to be through one-on-one sessions because I didn't have that schedule anymore. So I was like, okay, 50 Gs for the course. Sure. Why not? Why not? So I hooked up with our, I think, mutual buddy, Amber McHugh. Yep. And I did a session with her and I loved how she was talking about her 90-day plans. And I set a 90-day plan to launch, create and launch the course. And then in reality, I ended up squishing it into about 45 days in terms of getting it going, getting things set up. I created a video series and all of that. But truly, the first time I launched it, I was 
creating things as I went. For mm-hmm. example, the the three video series, it was like I was finishing it that morning and we were flying off to Connecticut. My cart opened while we were in Connecticut visiting Jeremy. Um, the I By the time I closed the cart and I had 50, 51, I think, founding members, I hadn't even recorded video one. What? Yeah, no, I've been there, but you know what? I mean, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Like now, you know, you don't want to ever be in that position again. But yeah, I also know that that sometimes being in that position at that point, it's a, it's almost like when you have a kid, you're for the first first time, you're just like, you don't know what you don't know, so you're, exactly. you're kind of stupid, you're kind of clueless, and it's okay. Yeah, and that's the only way that you can get through it. But once you know that, you're like, eh, we're not doing that again, right? And you exactly. do get to tell. I mean. I mean, my, my question is like, even though you were doing it like that, were you able to, were you getting the re- a response that then would somehow help you get that next thing done? Do you yeah, know I mean? it was pure, I, I call it the mutual inspiration society because I get inspired by engaging and interacting with people and then they help, you know, by them being inspired from whatever it is that I happen to say, I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay, well, that inspires me more. Let me keep figuring out what I can share, what I'm learning as I go, you know. So just by being in it, and that's what I needed. I also had some guidance. I had ended up signing up for David Simon Garland's Create Awesome Online Courses because even though I had created college courses from scratch, I didn't want that. But I don't know how to create a course for this crowd to be an excuse in my head. So I was applying some of the things that he teaches, but then I was clearly going rogue because he doesn't recommend (laughs) creating it as you go. So I was doing a lot of what he suggested and then some of my own mix, but it was a lot of fun in some ways. It was totally exhausting and not sustainable, not something I would do again that way, but it was good because I just had to do it and I couldn't be a perfectionist about it because I was literally like, no, I told them that you know, it was Friday and they're getting lesson one on Monday. So I got to do this thing. And so it made me do it. And then, and they loved it. I mean, just the founding members are some of my most vocal supporters forever. And I'm like, wow, thank you very much. It's like when my husband, we met when we were 13 and I had braces and wasn't really sure about hair products at the time. I'm like, I know you really (laughs) love me because you loved me through my most awkward stage. And I feel that way about my founding members too, because I'm like, I know y'all are like my ride or die homies because that was interesting. (laughs) And they're like, no, it was great. But you know, yeah, you you learn and you evolve as you go. I think that's the great thing that people underestimate or freak out, especially when they're launching something for the first time and they're like, "I have to pretend like I already know exactly how everything's going to be." And it's like, no, you you got to get those founding members in there to give you the feedback, and it may even be way better than you expect. And then you make it better from there, and then they'll just be delighted. Yeah. Don't underestimate your founding members. Yeah, I gotta say, I feel I feel the same way. I actually have a framed image up on the wall that they made for me. Like I can't oh. remember when when it happened, but like it's just all the pictures of the founding members in like this yes. nice like kind of antique frame. And I think of that as well. Like I I do think I think there is something as well. Like when you're launching, to let people see as you go, let them be a part of the the kind of your journey because it's yes. their journey too, and it just yes. makes them that much more invested. And I, I I think that's why again, not to kind of mention Carrie again, but like I feel like that's why her audience is 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 like it is as well because we've we've watched her. She shares what she does, and she shares that. I feel like anybody really who shares that kind of evolution and is not not making excuses about it. It is what it is. And this is what it is for everybody. Like even Marie Forleo does it. And 
you know, David Simon Garland, I wanted to mention, I actually remember, I mean, didn't you do a case study video for him? Because I watched mm-hmm. that and I like, it brought me to tears, Nikki. Oh my gosh. Yes. I just yes. thought it was so great. And, you know, he definitely has a way of teaching. And I think that, you know, for someone like you, who you already had like the curriculum kind of stuff right. down most likely, but that whole kind of that bigger picture. And like at the very end, I think there's a couple modules, even about launching, which yes. all that stuff is super valuable. Cause you're like, okay, I might not use his way forever, but I got to start somewhere, people. It's great training wheels. And I love him because he's allergic to overcomplicating things. Like I love his dude energy. It's very refreshing to me. (laughs) The one who wants to like overcomplicate. I love your one-liners. I'm like, oh my God, I got to write that down. (laughs) Thank you. That's exactly why I made up the communication stylist because that's just how I talk. I paint word pictures. I love it. I (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm like totally writing it down right now. <laughs> like I've got ride or die, learn as you go, mutual inspiration society. I'm like a little maniac here. I'm going to have to like take a picture of this. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But okay. So, so you, you had your first, first round out. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you now tell us where, where that same product and that same program is now today, like how different it is or how different the process of getting it out there is. It's So I shut it down for real because I needed to shut it down so that I could create it and go through it live with everybody. And then I kind of went into a weird hibernation myself over that summer and I relaunched it later in August of 2014. And that was like I had redone all the videos. I had redesigned and recreated the actual site and I relaunched it. It's like I have a, I, I don't know why, a habit of over, like I just said, overcomplicating things. So when I relaunched it, I did this like five-ish week Facebook group that was just a temporary group. And I made some little videos in there because, again, I needed to get the Mutual Inspiration Society. I knew I could sit here and try to create this thing like in a dark basement. I don't have a basement, but just, you know, <laughs> theoretically. Or I could actually get excited with the people who are excited about it opening again. And so by creating these videos for my free Facebook group at the time, I think that was when I called it summer school. Yeah. Of course about copy summer school. And, uh, I recorded these little micro lessons every day, you know, for 20 micro lessons over the five weeks. And just by the act of getting out my camera equipment and like my lighting and my faux pro setup in my, in my bedroom at the time, that got me inspired again to then re-record. You know, again, it was like I right. needed that. I needed to be out there to start moving again and get the momentum. And so then I try. So I did that, and that was great. We had over a hundred people join. So that was my first six-figure launch. But to be honest, it's not like every launch has been a six-figure launch since then. And there was a lot that went into it. Like I said, I way overcomplicated it. And so then I shut it down for a little while. Then I was trying the evergreen thing, which I'm still kind of working that out. I, I tried my first webinar, <clears throat> excuse me, a year after. Like I didn't even do a webinar until a year after. And it was the first anniversary. The first webinar got zero sales. And I was like, okay, this, as I was shutting it down, <clears throat> everyone was super excited. We had like 270 people on my, I was at my parents' house. My dad came around the corner with a round of applause, which you could hear on the recording, which is hysterical. <laughs> that was that so is cute. awesome. Aww. So cute. My mom had like brought me some water and my dad was applauding, but I was like, uh, wait. And I clicked my inbox and I literally refreshed it because I was like, wait, where are all the sales? I thought webinars are magical and you're supposed to have all these sales coming in. 
and there were no sales. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like when you're walking and you trip, but nobody's around to see it. So you're like, uh, do I laugh? Like, what do I do? How do I process this? You know, it's like a secret, embarrassing thing. So I let myself sulk for a little bit. Of course, I told my friends, everyone had such high expectations. And then I regrouped and did almost exactly the same webinar. There were only three tweaks I made, which was to add some kind of fast action bonus while we were on the call and then add in testimonials. Cause again, last minute, Louie, I waited until the final four <laughs> minutes to create the slides. Oh my and gosh. So, I just wrote down last minute, Louie. <laughs> it's like I have, I'm remote controlling your hand. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Oh my God, stop, stop, stop. Okay. <laughs> and so I hadn't added testimonials the first time. So I sprinkled in some testimonials this time. And then I had obviously at least one practice under my belt. And in that time, we made over $20,000. And it was exactly the same. It was like 10 days later, same webinar, but with those tweaks. And so I was like, okay, I can't be like, oh, I stink at webinars. It's just, you got to keep going. If at first you don't make a sale, then tweak and try, try again. And so that's what I did. And I've just been exploring since then, to be honest. Now we have over 500 members and... I would love to have more because I know that they love it and it's helpful to them. So when I re-recorded the videos, we've added, I mean, I think I have a bonus problem. Like I need an intervention because I keep adding bonuses that are just kind of like extracurricular. So I don't want to dilute the message of the course, which is to help you write your site, but I want to help people with everything else around writing their sites, which would be design, legal, SEO mindset, sales 2.0, like all these other things that they that naturally come up whenever they're thinking about writing. David would actually, you know, create an actual offer for that. I just keep adding it in as bonus. So I, that's why I need some professional help <laughs> <laughs> on that over delivery addiction. But um, I'm still, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still the same price course. It is so infinitely better than the first round was and it has so many more extra bells and whistles and things. And it's just a beautiful community. We have a course about copy study hall and we have a lot of fun in there just sharing and giving and getting great feedback on whatever it is that they're working on. And, um, I could go on a tangent about that, but I'll stop. Oh talking. my goodness. Well, I'm going to have to get you to like hang out with the fearless launchers because I feel like you're, I feel like the way you're describing it, there's the same coolness like factor inside the community for fearless launchers because there it's such a specific focus. It gets yes. kind of heated up when people are working on specific things. People are giving their like lot like what what's happening as far as very specific specific changes in in what they're doing and if they have a webinar. I mean, of course, launching is not as kind of focused necessarily. It's not as well, it is, but it's not. Yeah. It's a very specific time. There's a lot of different things that people talk about from copy to whatever, to ads, to whatever, to an email or to a, to social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I love, I love the idea. If you would come, you got to come in if you're launching. All right. I want you to come in there and just kind of maybe just nose around for a while. And, <laughs> I, because I think you would love, I think you would love it based on what I, what you're telling me about the study hall. That is so cool. It is cool. And just recently I've found new ways. Like, so I have the course about copy school store, which is their opportunity on Tuesdays to share whatever their latest offering is, even if it's not theirs, but it's just something. And I have them break it down, like who it's for, what it is, why it's important, you know, like all of these things, just again, to give them a recipe and make it easy to share their stuff without feeling like they're yelling in a 
classified ad, which is often how those threads feel in Facebook groups. So we have the school store, we have the Of Course Bought Copy Library, where they can share whatever their most recent thing is that they've put out into the world. We have Wednesdays, W-I-N-S days, where you can share a win about anything. Hopefully, ideally, it's about your message. And one of my favorite things we've done is brown bag Q&As on Thursdays because, again, I like to keep the focus of the group so that it's not just like a dear diary, dump all, like here's everything kind of Facebook group. But I do know like we don't all just need to talk about copy all the time. And it is about effectively communicating your message. With brown bag Q&As, I wanted to tap into the wealth of genius that are, you know, that exists in our members. And so, We have basically like I used to at college, you know, where there'd be a brown bag and there's like a featured guest expert who just comes and shares whatever they know and blah, blah, blah. So that's what we do. And people sign up and then they share. So whether it's someone who's a fitness pro or someone who's a systems pro or whatever it is that as long as they can be of service and of value to the community, they show up at this time, you know, at noon Pacific on Thursday, and then we just get to pick their brains. And then that exists and lives forever in the course or in the group. And it's just a really cool way. The, the way that I rationalize it to keep it relevant is that it's they're practicing their yeah. written communication skills. And then also as we ask questions, and I'm always in there asking questions because I'm like, sweet, I want to learn from you. Then we are giving them basically what I like to call a copy bank, you know, that then they can draw from. And there have been people who have completely changed the course of their business or their offerings just based on participating in these brown bag Q&As because they're like, wow, I didn't realize that was what people really needed to know. So it's been really fun. Those are really great. That's a, that's a fabulous idea. I love it. I love it. Love it. Um, I want to tell you, I want to, I was going to totally out myself because you were talking about your webinar that you did and there were no sales. And then like you, you did it again, 20,000. That is actually the post that I remember reading. Ah, And I think you yes. wrote like a longish post in the B-School Facebook group. And then it led to the actual blog post. I loved that post so much. So I want to make sure to put it in the show notes because okay. it kind of gives more details about that. Yes. Um, so what I wanted to tell you is then, okay, so you did that. What did you say? August, 2014. Right. And well, the webinar was February of last year, of 2015. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a well, year after I had originally launched the first time. Okay. So whenever you did that, let me just tell you that after that, I think it was maybe within a couple months, I launched Fearless Launching mm-hmm. again. And I, and I was planning my webinar and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not feeling this webinar. I'm not feeling this webinar. I'm like, I'm going to go watch Nikki's. Ah. And I found that I was missing the fast action bonus and the testimonials too. And I added yeah. those in and wouldn't you know it, it actually mm. made a big difference. Right. So, so now I always have those two pieces and it's not enough to just have them all in a chunk at the end. You kind of have to like weave them through, make yeah. sure people like, you know, like you're telling a story and you're like, Hey, here's an example of blah, 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 this mm-hmm. person doing this. So I, I want to thank you for that framework. <laughs> that you- well, I'm so glad that it was helpful. And you know, it's easy to feel like, no, I don't want to do that. That feels manipulative or that feels like lame in some way to be putting that pressure on. But again, listen to me talking about how I procrastinate, how I created the course Mm -hmm. once 50 people had already bought it, how I finished the slides four minutes before I went live, you know, like this is human nature. 
And so you just have to look at it like you're helping people make a decision because we will, we will take as long as we possibly can to do this thing, to make this decision, whatever it is. And so in between, I had just gone to Disney World and they had construction going on and to make things, you know, make their construction Disney-fied, then they would have quotes, like Walt Disney quotes, kind of up along the, the things that were hiding the construction. Right. And one of them was, everybody needs deadlines. And I'm like, come on. Walt Disney said, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty generic quote that probably lots of people say, but <laughs> Walt Disney said it and it's true. Like everyone yeah. needs deadlines and so it's okay. And you can even say, if you feel weird about like, here's the thing you have to do. I can't even say it without using an infomercial voice. Then you can say, look, if you're anything like me, you need a deadline to make things happen. So I'm just trying to help you off the fence here. And if it feels right for you, bingo bango you know because like you don't have to even pretend like there's a wall between you and them and like they don't know exactly what you're doing it's okay you are just trying to help them make a decision and you can literally frame it that way and it'll make you feel better because it kind of eases the pressure of feeling like you're being salesy by having this deadline or this limited time bonus or whatever yeah I love that and I'm not also that what kind of gets me out of like okay here here's the part where Anne shares testimonial um, right. <laughs> and then a little bit of content. I always think I'm like, you know what? There's these people that I'm talking about invested their money yeah. and their time into this course already. They're part of this course and they deserve to be like shown off a little exactly. bit. So I yeah. look at it like I'm, I'm kind of like just sharing their story because I actually want people I mean, it's easier for actually for, for potential people who are about to buy or thinking about buying something to even go to those people and say, Hey, so how did the court, you know, how was the course? Did you like it? How was Nikki? How was the interaction in the group? You're going to get a way better response. If you actually give, you're you're giving people that as a resource to make their decision, like you said. So love it. Okay. So question now. So like you're, you're in a phase still, it sounds like where you're still testing things. I feel like we all get there where it feels like we're testing not a lot, I guess a lot, but different yeah. things. And like, there's periods of phases of time where you're testing things. So I'm curious. So did you have affiliates or partners or anything like that? No, right now, Carrie's been my only, again, Carrie, our woman of the hour. Um, Carrie's been my <laughs> only partner or affiliate so far. Cause I'm just, I've been really precious about it. Like I've had Absolutely. people ask, I've had a lot of people ask, but it just had to feel right. And she's one of my best biz buddies. I'm going to actually partner with Natalie McNeil in August and we're going to be promoting it to her. She takes on the world community, but at this point, what feels best for me is just doing it in live promos when the new clients or customers are getting something out of it, you know, or getting mm-hmm. some kind of cool bonus out of it. So that's part of my experimentation. I think it would be really cool. What I'm excited to try one day when I have the brain space for it is to go to like people who typically have local brick and mortar businesses. So their web presence is totally like you know, collecting cobwebs and doesn't sound like them at all. So this would be completely revolutionary to them. So like dentists, accountants, mm-hmm. lawyers, like those people who are kind of service-based, but they're, they, they get their clients from Yelp or from referrals or whatever. But like if they had a really great website that really represented them, that could make a huge impact. And I feel like it'd be really fun to connect with people who have big audiences of those particular types of people because, I just feel like it'd be really fun to make a bigger difference that way. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, It was actually, for some reason, you know, James Wedmore was coming up in my head because he's done a lot of things for local video 
marketing. So he might be someone you want to talk to because I feel like he's, and he had, I feel like he's even possibly, you know, at the recording of this, he's currently possibly um, promoting someone who is doing video marketing for local business. Oh, cool. So okay, it might be, yeah. he might be a good good one. I've to, been loving his podcast. Oh, Him my gosh. Him are doing such an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. I I love James. He's a great guy. He's really good. Um, so let me ask you then. So okay. what are you doing right now? Do you have anything that's coming up then? Besides the testing that's kind of going on behind the scenes, you've got Natalie McNeil, of course, about copy, all that's happening. But like, what else is coming up? Because I know you mentioned to me something. Yes, the new idea, baby. Although then I read Big Magic and Elizabeth Gilbert makes a really good point about not calling things your babies because then you're going to be way too attached to put them out into the world and then like take feedback really, you know, personally, because it's your child. So, okay, fine. But I do like the idea baby analogy. <laughs> because it fits it actually, for right now for you. It does. It fits right now and it fits, fits what I'm going into, which is called Naptime Empires. And as of the time we're recording this, I literally just kind of eked it out into the world literally days ago, like late last week. It's just, it's a project that's going to take on many forms, but I just want to help support and encourage my fellow moms who are building their building their empires, whatever that may look like, with little ones at home, you know, where you have to pause the podcast because he's having a bad dream in his swing in the other room, or you're changing a diaper while you have your phone on mute, um, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I, it's been very exciting. Again, we're at the super early twinkle in my eye kind of phase, and it's just starting to take shape now that I'm getting feedback from people or I don't know if it's feed forward because it's not like feedback on something that exists. It's what they would like to happen. Yeah. And it's so cool to see the the pattern. To me, it's very obvious that the pattern is that we all just want to know we're not crazy and we're not alone. And people just want to be able to pull the curtain back and see what, what are you doing? And you know, what works for you over there? I don't know. Hey, Nikki, what are you doing? And so I, I want to create like a potluck of ideas for moms who are doing this from home to see like pick and choose what works for you. Some want to work more, some want to work less, you know, so there's not a one size fits all. There is not a five-step blueprint on how to do this and that's okay. And I think we all need to realize that and just know that we're doing the best we can and then help share best practices as we go. I love, I love what you just said uh, at the beginning about uh, big magic and that she says not to call your like your new ideas, your projects, your baby. Yeah. It actually, it made, it made me think of, um, I went to Traffic and Conversion Summit in February in San Diego and Gary Vee was there. And he was talking about one of the biggest problems he thinks that entrepreneurs have is they're really romantic about their businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. I think we, you can't be attached to the idea yeah, because that's it's hard. Gonna, it's hard, really not to hard. Be. I mean, yeah. I I struggle with that, and I feel like you know, you, you know, maybe our courses are kind of a, like around the same age. So we could go on a play date together, um, <laughs> right. but not to keep using this baby analogy. But you know, we you get to a point where you you don't want to like totally let it go, but you're going to have to. Like my daughter's eight, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to. She's already she's already showing lots of signs of mommy, leave me alone, right? Um, which is crazy. Um, yeah. So, so I do think that not calling it a baby, but I think in this case, I think it's okay too. 
Yeah. Oh, I have a total, like I'm thinking about the whole lifespan, you know, where it goes from idea and twinkle in your eye. And then like this phase right now, I feel like I just announced that I'm pregnant, you know, with this idea baby, because it's like, okay, we're through the first trimester, no matter the outcome, like good or bad, this is happening. We're committed to sharing, you know, and telling people, but I don't know what form it's going to take yet. I don't know if it's boy or girl. I don't know if it's a singleton or triplets, you know? And so (laughs) it's like, I'm just saying, Hey, this is happening, you know, either way. And, um, Oh my God, there's so many, there's so many like ways to communicate this. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, it's, it's a communication stylist dream. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is. So, okay. So I, this is all about you, but I wanted to, I did want to, there were some questions that I, that I have from, uh, two of the groups that I, that I run about copy and they didn't, they didn't specifically ask you to answer them, but they are questions that come up a lot. Okay. Um, so I figured I would ask them to you if you're cool with that. Let's do it. Okay. So first of all, and this is actually because I see a lot of people saying, oh, I need a copywriter or I need someone to do this for me. or I need someone to write my emails for me or they're, they're very, very specific, but mm-hmm. they don't seem, they, they think they can just go to that person and say, I need three emails for, or like, I need an email sequence for a webinar that I'm going to run and okay. I'm going to open the doors to something. But my question for you is, do you wish people would ask there's like any number of questions, maybe like one question, two questions, three questions to themselves before they come to someone to help them write those pieces, you know, whether it's a sales page, whether it's a sales site or whether it's a blog, is there, are there some questions that they might need some answers to? Is that a, is that a weird question? (laughs) No, and I get it. And I'm a big proponent and cheerleader for everyone being able to be your own best spokesperson because while I'm all about delegating, so I'm not against hiring a copywriter as long as you do, you're very clear in your voice and your message and the purpose of what you want to get across. Because I don't think it's cool to just completely outsource your message. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it will be good for your business at all. If you're not super clear on this is me, this is how I want to show up. I just straight up don't have the time to sit and do this right now, but here's the gist. And then that way you can take what somebody's written and then style it up and make sure it's in your voice. That personally is my philosophy. I've never worked with a copywriter, but at this point in my business, it's becoming very clear to me that I need somebody who can help me draft like the bones of something. And then I can go in and style it up. Somebody who's really familiar with me and my voice And then I can style it up. Like, I think that would actually be a dream because then I don't have to be holding myself up basically. But I think that's the most important thing. And I think any great copywriter would tell you the same. Like you need to be clear in your voice before you can have someone else. Because what if then the copywriter could be amazingly talented and then he or she writes something and sends it back to you. And then you're like, oh wait, that's not it. That's going to be so frustrating for everyone involved. So One thing I recommend people do is take the BFF test, which is literally when you're writing something, read it out loud to yourself or to your BFF. Maybe you're your own BFF, which is fantastic, but (laughs) like maybe your husband or your best friend, your sister or someone. And if you read it out loud and you feel like I always use this word and people giggle, a complete goon burger, that's thanks to Dr. Ralph Binky. He's the one who introduced me to the term goon burger. But if you read it out loud and you feel like, whoa that is not me. This feels very uncomfortable. I do feel like I'm on an infomercial right now. Then it's time to restyle it a bit, you know, and switching that you could also 
say something, record something, and then write it down and then make it a little more concise. You know, like it's, it's a process. You can play with it until you kind of get more comfortable. Like, yep, this, this does, this represents me. And then once you've got your voice figured out, which again, your voice could change. You may be in a different mood now than you are three hours from now. So that's okay. Just accept that and know that like, it's not like your voice is always going to be the same. Um, but the, the important thing is that it does feel and sound like you and not this copywriter because whenever your clients and customers are connecting with you in your Facebook group or on a phone call or in a meeting or at a live event or at the grocery store, it's you that they're interacting with. It's not this copywriter. If someone walks up to you out in the world and you're like up in the aisles at Target and someone's like, oh, hey, great to meet you in real life. And then you're like, (laughs) excuse me. And then you turn around and you're like texting your copywriter, like, what do I say to this person? I don't think that's a good situation to be in. And it's not a very empowered situation to be in. So that's why I vote for getting comfortable with your own voice before you try to outsource it to somebody else. I think that that is so important too. And and I think that that's really the core problem. It's not even they can't write an email. It's that they don't, they're not really sure on their, they, they don't have that clear voice yet, or they're not sure how to get to even that point where they, they feel like, yeah, this is me. You know, right. it's like, there's, there's something blocking them from getting to that. And, and, you know, then, then either they outsource or they try to use a swipe file mm, or yeah. just, I don't know. Like I, I definitely, you know, I, I definitely don't want to out anybody, but I, I did see some folks you know, like someone like David Seitman Garland, we talked about mm-hmm. him. He has a very specific cadence to his voice and his mm-hmm. emails and like all, and the way that he talks, th- th- that's his, e- those are his emails too. I mean, right. the random non sequitur story at the very beginning and then yes. he like goes into his thing and you're like, okay, David, that's really nice that you went to that, that hockey game or whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, and that but, is exactly how he talks too, like in real life on the phone and Skype. And that's what I love about him too, yeah. is that is. But it's not, it is. But it's not somebody, it's not like another, like I've seen people who I know that that's where they pick, they're, they're clearly using that voice. Right. And, and that to me is sad because I'm like, gosh, your voice is already funny, first of all. So you got to get that together. Like, and you don't even have to be funny. I mean, you I don't. but you don't have to be funny. And I think that's a lot. A lot of people are like, oh, I have to be a loud, funny American in order to <laughs> succeed online. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like your job is to be you. You're not trying to be cool. You're trying to be you. Maybe you're the most literal person, the most straightforward person. And someone like David, again, we love him so we can say this, but some, and he would say this too, like he would drive somebody else crazy and that's okay. You know, like you need to be exactly as you are, because again, you're the one showing up on the other side of delivering that product or service, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And so that's why I always like to say, whether you're talking to your dream clients or your grandma, you've got to be yourself. You don't have to change and go up five octaves just because it's grandma when she calls like, oh, hi, grandma. You you can keep it real with grandma and you can keep it real with your dream clients because they love you exactly as you are. And if they don't, then let them move on to the so-and-so the next tab over. It's okay. You don't have to work with and or appeal to everyone. Yeah. I was just, and I was just thinking out, just thinking to myself, like a couple other people who have completely different voices. If they all of a sudden started doing emails, like like David, that would be ridiculous. Like I'm thinking, uh, Jenny, she, you know, oh, has a very Jenny. like down to earth. She's super smart. She's yep. kind of serious, 
but she's so sweet. And then yeah. I'm thinking Danielle Laporte is like is like this this kind of sage voice. And right. you know, if you tried it, first of all, if you try to try to be any one of those people and you're in their audience and then people I don't know, it just doesn't it's not cool. It's, it's uncomfortable. Cool. It's, it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable to like, watch. It's uncomfortable yeah, it's, to do and it's uncomfortable to watch. And that's, again, going with the communication stylist metaphor. It's mm-hmm. like wearing someone else's clothes. And if it's too big or too tight, you're going to be self-conscious about it. And then everyone else will pick up on that. But if it's, <laughs> but it's something that fits like, you just right, then you're like, woo, I'm comfortable. I'm not over here like pulling the skirt down in the corner or just like feeling really frumpy. You know, like it has to be you. And that's the thing that... I was trying to pull out with the communication stylist analogy because a wardrobe stylist is trying to bring out the best of who you really are. They don't want to make you feel uncomfortable like, oh, this isn't me. I'm going to go back and wash my face off and this feels whatever. It's like they just want to highlight your best features. And that's the same thing you can do with your message. You can still be you and you are there regardless of what stories your corporate job taught you or your mean English teacher in high school or college. Like it's okay. You do have a voice. You are out there walking around the planet talking to people and your real life. And that's exactly the kind of voice you can use online. Just slap some purpose behind it, you know? Yeah. And you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and as far as, you know, practicing, I mean, I I definitely think that, I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't look at other people's emails. And sometimes I will look at the 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 way that let's just say in emails for very specifically like how what emails come first second third fourth fifth I I look at what sequences David sends out and that mm-hmm. Derek Derek um, Halpern sends out and Amy Porterfield sends out and James Wedmore and all these other people and and mm-hmm. even Marie and I'm but I'm not looking at them I'm looking at them for like what is the intent of this email rather than right. how do they say it. Exactly. It is so hard to have your own voice. I had people when I put my freebie out for the first time, the conversational copy cheat sheet, and I had some people email me and they were like, is this okay? You know, I, I was using yours as inspiration. And then I'm like, dude, if you're asking, you know that it's not. <laughs> and I appreciate that they even ask because I'm sure there are lots of people who didn't. But I would go back and encourage them because I would say in grad school when I was writing papers and we would do like a literary analysis and you're pulling together and synthesizing ideas from multiple different papers and you would have to paraphrase, but it would be so hard if you have that other paper right there mm-hmm. while you're looking at it and you see these are the words and you're like, well, dang, that sounds good. How could I say it any better? They already said it exactly as it needs to be said. So you'd have to put that away and just think what was the point, what was the purpose behind it? Just exactly as you're saying, it's the same thing. If you're sitting there looking at other people's stuff like if you're watching Carrie's videos, YouTube videos on repeat, all of a sudden you might have a little bit of an English accent that you don't normally have. I know, <laughs> I know. I mean that that is so that's so true, Nikki. And I and this is this is also something this is I think a good time to encourage people to stop listening to all the normal people. If you wanna kind of you know, at find some different things to read and consume that will like cleanse your palate almost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe even, you know, if, cause I tend to read a lot of business books, but I really try to just, just find something really trashy or watch the Kardashians on TV or whatever. So I don't, that way you're, that way you don't start to sound like someone because sometimes you kind of can't help it. 
Right. If you're all up in someone's, I know if you're all up in someone's world all the time, you're like, I'm going to listen to Nikki morning, noon, and night. And you might be like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you really support me like that. But then you can't help it sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. It breaks my heart if I see someone in a course about copy and they're using my language because I'm like, no, you're missing the point entirely. And usually I'll address it with them because I'm really passionate about that. Like, I don't want to create a bunch of Nikki's, ask my husband, one of us is enough. It's totally (laughs) fine. But um, I know, I mean, that was my favorite part when I was working one-on-one with people was to encourage them like, yeah, copy, great, help help them make more money and get more clients, blah, blah, blah. But the heart of it is encouraging people that they are enough just as they are and that there are people out there who will appreciate it. So being able to cheerlead them on the fact that they do have a value to offer the world and it is literally their job to make sure people know about it. That was such a cool thing. And that's what I would love to encourage everyone here, whether it's your writing launch emails or any anything on your website or a Facebook post or a text message. It's okay. You are enough. You don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not because anyone who matters is going to appreciate you exactly as you are. Again, put some purpose behind it because it's important to make it easy. It's not just about, I say, smart, authentic communication. But that basically means clear and sincere. Again, you need to help people understand your message and be smart about how you're communicating, but you are always enough. I love that. And of course, as you wrote, as you said, as you are, I'm like, I think I need to find some sort of animated GIF or video clip from Bridget Jones. (laughs) That's where my brain goes right away. No one could make this up. Sorry. Um, There's some really cool gifts in the Skype chat. I was going to send you one. And then I was like, wait, Nikki, don't spend five minutes thinking. (laughs) There's like little animated movies in the Skype chat. Oh my gosh. Where are you going to put that on your entrepreneurial scorecard? (laughs) Speaking of 90 days, I know that you're in, uh, are you, are you still in the 90 day year? Or did you join it like last year or something? Yeah, I originally joined it in June and then I helped him share it in December while I was like, no, Todd, I can't, I can't share it. I'm about to go into labor. No, I'm about to go into labor. Come on, Deacon. I'm supposed to go into labor. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I ended up having... Uh, 60 people joined through me in December, which was amazing. So then I, I stuck around with them for this live round. And then I got to meet a lot of them in Vegas, which was super fun. I know. I wish I had been able to make it. And I'm sure I will to one of the future ones. So yes. great, great class. Um, So some quick questions now. Yep. These should be really easy ones. Okay. So what is your, what are some of your favorite ways to manage your tasks, i.e. planner, software, apps, whatever? Do you, are you into any of that? I'm a pen and paper girl. Sometimes looking at screens for too long just makes me nauseous and I'm just over it. I I went on a 36-hour social media cleanse um, this weekend just spontaneously when I was reading Big Magic. I just had a feeling like, I don't think I want to go on social media for the rest of the weekend. And it was great. So every night, the, the best nights when I actually do this, it's really great when I just take a little square, I think it's probably like a five by five piece of paper and just kind of write out the things that I want to do the next day. And then I have like a $10 target planner where I'll write stuff that's like longer term so that I don't forget it if it's in the future dentist appointments or podcast interviews or whatever. Um, But I'm a very pen and paper. I like to have it in my hands to look at and cross it off kind of girl. Me too. Love it. Um, I love, I'm a crazy planner but anyways planner girl notebook obsession pens all that good stuff um (laughs) um do you have a coach Um, not really I have 
what I call a cabinet of friend tours. So like friends and mentors who mm-hmm. I've gone to for various things, you know, but I've never really had like a coach. Mm-hmm. Although I feel at this point, I definitely see the value in that. So I'm kind of, kind of have feelers out looking for someone, but right now I just, I kind of hodgepodge things together and yeah. help. Usually it's with mindset stuff, you know? It's interesting how that's, it, it kind of comes back to that stuff. In order to get to the next place. Yeah. I mean, the strategy, like if somebody told me do this, I'd be like really resistant to it because I don't like it when people tell me what to do, even though I'm such a goody-goody. Like that's totally my, I was the goody-goody in school, but I don't like it when people tell me what to do. So I would probably do the opposite. So I I can't really have someone saying you need to do this because I need that space for like inspired action, but I do need help focusing and actually doing the things. And so that's why mindset help is really good and important for me. Okay. That's awesome. You know, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm one of my favorite quotes of my own that I've said probably too many (laughs) times throughout my life is you're not the boss of me. (laughs) How many times do I need to say that in my life? I don't know. You can't tell me what to do. And does Mila say it back to you? Because I can imagine. I try to keep that to myself because, (laughs) yeah, she definitely does say a lot of the things I say, which leads to a very sassy eight-year-old. So I I have to. I'm pretty sure Bryson even said that. Something like that the other day. I was like, excuse me, were we watching like Disney XD or whatever the (laughs) the tween channel is? Because that is not something we say around here, Buster. Oh my gosh, no. She actually has said, that wasn't actually on my plan for today. I'm like, how do you know about plans, Missy? (laughs) Oh, great. Okay. So, okay, let me just read here. Um, What's, okay, what's, I feel like maybe we've already shared a lot of this, but what's something most people don't know about you? Something you love, like maybe like a pastime, guilty pleasure. It can be anything almost. Guilty pleasure, I immediately think of scandal. Although one of the more recent ones was a little too much for me. I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but I was like, whoa, I can't. Again, I'm trying to protect my brain and my mind from the dark things. I don't like scary movies at all. I used to watch them with no problem, like in high school, all the way up to college. And then at some point, a switch flipped and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to experience the bad guys. I used to hate that there had to be bad guys in movies because I'm like, like, I don't have to know these bad guys. Why do we need this? Why do we need this? So anyway, I don't like watching scary, scary things, but I do watch Scandal. So, I mean, that might be kind of a climactic one. Yeah, I watch Scandal. I watch a lot of really bad television. Like when (laughs) I feel like I'm just done, I'm, I'm the uh, binge watcher. Yeah. I love okay. New Girl, though, too. I mean, New oh, Girl. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. It is like, oh, my gosh, one of my – It is That's one of definitely one of those laugh out loud ones, too. Yeah, I can't watch it while doing anything else because it's all the subtle funnies. It's like the little nuanced, awkward humor. It's my absolute favorite. I am obsessed with New Girl. <laughs> awkward so humor. Okay, yeah. so – let me just think. I'm going to – I want to have one more funny one, but I don't think I have another one. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have anything else that's funny. Okay. Okay. So let's end it on, on one piece. Now that you've done, you've done like, I feel like a few different launch strategies, you know, we're Mm going to go back to this, the webinars, you've definitely done video series, done a bunch of different things. Okay. Uh, Facebook group. What is, what's one thing just going through all the launch crazies, launch crazy face, haven't forgotten your hashtag. Um, (laughs) 
that we should, that you, you feel like if there was one thing you wanted to tell a friend about launching, like one piece of advice, something to prep, something to make sure they know before launching. Oh man, it's good. And there are so many things. And I think that it's go with the energy which can be interpreted a lot of different ways, but it's like sometimes you will, you will be inspired or maybe you'll just have the adrenaline and that's okay too. Go with it while you have it because that wave will eventually crash and then you don't know when it's going to come back. So when you have that inspiration, go with it. And that, another way of saying that is get the hunch and do the work. And whenever I was doing that first six-figure launch back in August of 2014, people were like, who's your launch strategist? Who's your launch coach? And I was like, dude, I got the hunch and I did the work. You know, Two steps if you want to simplify it that much to where it's like, if you feel a nudge to do something, do it. Try it. Especially if you haven't seen it be done before. I mean, don't overcomplicate or make things too hard on yourself. But like, if you get the hunch to send that one more email, do it. If you get the hunch to call that person, do it. And so just follow the energy and just really try to tune in as much as you can during the otherwise crazy time. I mean, sleep, eat, take care of yourself and that kind of thing. But I've yet to have a launch where everything was prepared and in a line, Amy Porterfield style. I loved her podcast where she outlined everything that oh they did gosh. line by line by line, but not even close to me. But, I don't, but you know what? But for reals though, it's never, no matter what anybody says, like there's always best practice. There's always like the pie in the sky dream of the perfect launch. Right. And, and for most every single person I've ever worked with ever, ever, there's mm-hmm. always met, there's things that kind of, you can't predict. Yeah. And, and I love it. You're like, who's my launch strategist? My hunch is my strategist. Okay? Yeah. I'm like, that's my business coach. Cause that was divine inspiration to do this, what, you know, this thing. And then it ended up bringing in an extra $20,000, you know, in that launch. Cause I was creating those videos and that was a hunch to do the videos based on inspiration of people were saying they, they wanted to learn all these things. I was like, Oh poop. I wasn't planning on talking about all those things, but I can. <laughs> and so then I did. And then I created a, its own mini product, which is now called the course about copy prep school. And that was from pure inspiration of doing it. And the Facebook group was fun for me. We did a talent show, you know, like just fun things where people would post videos that they had never posted. And so just it, it can be fun, you know, allow it to be fun. When you have a hunch, trust it. I think that's with the, the energy. best. Thing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So tell us how we can, uh, the listeners can connect with you. I mean, I'll put all your links below, but is there any one specific place you'd want them to go? I'm having a lot of fun on Facebook. I mean, I should send you to my site, NikkiLHBrown.com. If you're a mom and Naptime Empires sounds exciting to you, I would love your input in this early phase. I have a type form that's on the welcome page when you sign up at NaptimeEmpires.com. A course about copy.com is the most direct route to the free training I have available there. But then everywhere on social media, I'm either Nikki Elledge Brown or Nikki Elledge if that's too many characters. <laughs> so on Twitter, <laughs> I'm just Nikki Elledge because I think Nikki Elledge Bro would be confusing. <laughs> bro <laughs> I love it oh my gosh oh my gosh Nikki I'm so glad we were finally able to connect I can't wait for our next conversation and Yay. and looks like the little one stayed asleep so this is awesome he's he's a dream baby I'm glad he's having a better nap now and thank you so much for being flexible with us and thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun awesome well I am so excited and I cannot wait for 
I, I can't wait. So listen, if you guys have any questions for Nikki, make sure to either put them in the comments below the show notes or just email them to us or go, go hit Nikki up on Twitter, Facebook, wherever she's around. I'm around. Yes. Okay. She's around. All right, Nikki. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nikki has so much to give and she is such a joyous person, person to be around. Loved her. Plus, I'm curious if you can count how many times we mentioned a few other business ladies that were both mutually friends with Amber McHugh, Carrie Green. I think we gave out gave shout outs to who else? Oh, Natalie McNeil. Well, she's not a business business girl boss, but <laughs> James Wedmore and uh, David Simon Garland got some shout outs too. So thanks so much for listening today. And if you want to hear more of these types of episodes, head on over to ansomolive.com forward slash show, do a little bit of binge listening. And either way, we'll see you next week with another episode. Have a great, great rest of your week. Stay tuned for a brand new workshop that I'm doing, which is called Plan With Me. And this is going to be the launch planning workshop, which we're going to walk through your launch plan. I'm going to show you what I'm doing to plan something that I've got coming up. And in the process, and hopefully you're going to be creating your launch plan. We're going to, it's going to be like a study hall for us. We're going to be creating our project plans together. So excited about that. Definitely check out ansomorelove.com if you want to know more about that. Definitely get on the list so that you can get first notification about the class. And I, I'm, that's it from me. All right. Have a great rest of your week. Take care. And I will see you next week on the Fearless Launching Show.